This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Cosmo Happy Hour. It's everything you would talk about with your best friends, from sex to celebrity to entertainment. From the editors of Cosmopolitan.com, this is the Cosmo Happy Hour with Elisa Benson. I'm starting today's episode off by doing a dramatic reading of a post from Cosmopolitan.com called 17 Reasons Your Early 30s Are Way Better Than Your Early 20s. I spent my 20s in fear. Fear of not finding a cool job, fear of missing out, fear that that stupid thing I I did would actually end up to be way more stupid than it felt in the moment. Fear that my mom would end up being right about just about everything. 10 years later, with most, if not all of my reckless behavior fully behind me, I can confirm that you are missing out on absolutely nothing and that your mom is right about everything. I'm Elisa Benson, this is Cosmopolitan.com's Happy Hour Podcast, and today we're talking about life in your 20s versus life in your 30s. Joining me on Team 30s is Cosmopolitan.com's site director, Amy O'Dell, who actually wrote that quote I just read. Hi, Amy. Hey, girl. Was it so weird that I just, like, flubbed through that dramatic reading of your post? No, you know, it's funny because what you just read was kind of about insecurity. And um, when you said, I'm going to read from a post that Amy had written, I was feeling insecure, like, oh, I bet it's terrible. But then when you read it, I was like, oh, that's not so bad. Right. That's. I feel like that's actually a weird thing about specifically about being a writer and getting older is sometimes you read your, like, I've read stuff that I wrote when I was, like, 24, and I'm like, oh, this is good. Am I a secret genius? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and on Team 20s, we are joined by my fab coworkers, Cosmopolitan.com's associate editor, Tess Komen, coming back to the podcast. Hi, Tess. Hi. Hi. And assistant editor of our Snapchat discussion channel Karina Shea. Hi Karina. Hi. How are you guys? Great. Great. Team 20s. Just Team super 20s. pumped. Do you guys need to like come right out the gate and like say some millennial slang filled insane thing? We're like lit on you. Like YOLO. Potential. I don't know. Right. Nobody even says that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually if you ever ask any young people like what the cool slang is they're like no one says that anymore. No one. Do yeah. people say turnt? Turnt is like low-key over. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Um, There you go. This is all all off to a great start. We've dug into so many trends already. So I think the place we actually really have to start um, in terms of talking about 20s versus 30s is with relationships and dating. Um, And I feel like we are representing sort of a cross range of that. Amy is happily married. I'm happily never going to be married. Tess is going to be married in about, what, a year now? Nine months, yeah. Nine months. And Karina, I don't actually know the latest on your dating status, but it is a good time to mention that Candace Bushnell once said that you were the Samantha Jones of Tinder. Yeah, and I feel like I didn't deserve it, but it's like... I didn't want to correct her because it was too cool. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we're just going to go with that, this, the Samantha Jones of Twitter, or of Tinder. So... um I want to mention something that Lena Dunham once said, which I felt like is just like a perfect way of kicking off this discussion. She said, I feel like you don't know if someone's equipped for a romantic relationship until they're out of their 20s. Tess, I feel like I'm going to put you on the spot and make you address this right away since you are obviously... Yeah. 
betrothed? Um, no, my stomach kind of dropped when you said that because I met my fiance three weeks after I turned 18. When you guys were freshmen in college, right? He was a senior and I was a freshman, which just sounds so bad in hindsight. But, um, yeah, and there were so many people, my mom mostly, on my back about, one, not dating a senior seriously, and two, not dating anyone seriously. Right, because it's supposed Um, to be like, go to college, be crazy. Right, have sex with all the people. Yeah. And I didn't do that. Well, there was like a month. I had like a really great month. You had a lot of sex for a month, and (laughs) then you just like fell madly in love. Right, so... I definitely was not a fully formed person, but I have grown to become one in the past almost seven years. So I don't know. That is a little unsettling because it's not something I haven't thought about before. Um, And Amy, you obviously are in your 30s now, but you did get engaged with your 20s. Do you feel like your perspective on relationships, I mean, obviously being married would probably change your perspective on relationships, but do you feel like you have more wisdom about them now? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I think so. Um, I met my husband when I was 23. We were both 23, and now I'm 31, and he's also 31. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know what's funny about it is I I look at our marriage, and I look at our relationship prior to marriage, and all of those things that you worry about, I don't know if you feel this way too, Tess, but all of those things that you worry about when you're in a relationship about your future or you had a fight or what did this text mean, or he did this thing, or like you're on a break, we broke up twice and got back together. Um, Like we just don't have, it's just so easy now. Um, And I'm lucky to be in a a happy marriage, but like it's just easy. And like I don't have to worry about, like if he does something that pisses me off, I'm just like, why are you being annoying? Like you're annoying me, like go away. Right. And it's not a thing or like, I'm always saying to him, why are we in a fake fight if we're in a fight about something just, like, dumb? Like, I was late to some thing with his family, which is, like, a typical scenario for us because I'm always late. Um, And then he'll be mad about it, you know, because he's always early. Right. Um, And it drives him crazy. It's like a pet peeve of his. It's like, just bring a book, Rick. I know. Or, like, be late. Like, no one cares. Like, you get somewhere seven minutes late, no one's mad. They're like, oh, great to see you. You know what I mean? Especially in New York. Seven minutes is, like, within the window of acceptable. I fully agree. Not for job interviews, but for, like, dinners. For anything else. Like, I don't care if people are seven minutes late. Anyway, um, yeah, but I'll be like, why are we in a fake fight? Like, are we? And then, like, an hour later, I'll be like, are we over this fake fight? And normally we are. So there's just an ease to the day-to-day being in a relationship thing. It's like, we can go to the airport and like not have fights you know what I mean like I feel like if you can do something like that with somebody like you can take a road trip or like travel to a wedding or like be delayed in an airport for a long time you know Mm -hmm. and it's okay the airport delay test yeah then like (laughs) that's that's a killer you can do it because like you see those couples like in those situations that are like it's hard to sort of like co-live through those situations I think with other people yeah I don't know so it's just like there's a, a, an ease to our relationship. And then I would say, like, with that, like, kind of an ease to my life. Right. And it feels like it's just, like, a small drama doesn't totally derail things the way maybe it would have. If it was, like, the wrong guy, for sure. But maybe even if you were younger and those things were something that couldn't, like, roll off of you quite so much. Right. Yeah. So, Karina, are you mainly dating Karina Jones? Or <laughs> Karina Jones. Samantha Jones of Tinder. Are you mainly going out with guys in their 20s, in their 30s, 40s, 50s? Yeah, definitely 20s, like, yeah. 
mostly all 20s yeah okay and are they all like immature babies which is my impression of everyone besides the two of you who's under the age of 30 um I mean I yeah I guess to the extent that I I've never been on a fourth date You've never been on a fourth no, date. I give up very fast. So like you give up very fast. Okay. So or you're the like ones... they like ghost and don't text me or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So do you feel like I mean, I feel like that is something that people say commonly of, you know, this sort of demo of people is that like uh, like hookup culture. People like aren't having super lasting relationships. Would you make that generalization of like the guys you're meeting? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I think that's just like I don't know. I I feel like, yeah, they're all like garbage twenty somethings. But I feel like I am too in the sense where it's like, oh, I like this guy, but do I like him enough to not go on a date with this other guy? Like, right. unclear. Right. I guess not. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> so it's like here I am on this other date. So I guess yeah. Not. Um. So what do you guys feel like about you know that idea of like not being super serious? And what about casual sex? I mean, I think that's like the norm like I feel like all of my friends it's like you'll go out like a few times you'll hook up if it's great you'll hook up a few times for like the next few months and then it like sort of blisters out um but I don't I feel like nobody in my direct circle is really looking for anything serious or everybody has like a rotation of 12 people they talk to all the time and it's I think, like, in some ways, I actually feel a little bit jealous of that because I feel like when I was in my 20s, all my, like, good friends in New York all, like, pulled in Amy and Tess and literally, like, all got engaged and married. I sort of felt like I spent my own 20s feeling like I... This is, like, so, like, desp and losery to say at this point in my (laughs) life because it, like, didn't work out for one. But, like, I felt like I really spent my 20s being, like, I have to find a husband. Like, that was, like, so much what dating was about. And I have to say, like, based on my own narrow perspective, which, of course, I'm pretending like is a universal truth and rule like now that I'm in my 30s and I've decided like I'm not all about that husband hunting life I feel like it's so much more fun yeah but like I don't know if that's so much 20s versus 30s or if it's just like I had to get over that for myself I feel it doesn't like really, like, yeah it doesn't sound like you or your circle of friends are feeling like any pressure to yeah. like find your OTP I think it's also just like dependent on where you went to school I feel yeah. like i will tangentially have friends of friends who are very much in that oh I'm going back home for a wedding like every weekend but I went to school here in New York at FIT like I don't know a lot of people who are like looking to settle down or anything really so um I have to like totally derail our conversation for two seconds to actually say that I was like, as I'm staring Karina and Tassa, both of you guys right now, I feel like you have such, like, millennial vibes. Like, Karina just dry- dyed her hair, like, this, like, beautiful, like, indigo color. Thanks. So millennial. <laughs> Tessa's, like, rocking a little, like, crop top. Like a cool 20-something. <laughs> um, and I'm wearing black pants. You're wearing, like, <laughs> you're wearing, like, professional, like, black pants. Black pants. And, like, flats. That you would wear to work. Yeah. yeah. My hair is tied in a sensible bun. <laughs> um, so I think another thing that it's like impossible to have this conversation about dating without talking about like social media. And I always hate that social media ends up becoming this like weird thing that we have to talk about on every episode of the podcast because it gets boring. But <laughs> <laughs> but I also think like the whole idea of like 
stalking your exes and sort of not being able to escape. I mean, literally your guys' entire lives, you grew up being connected. Like, how old, Karina and Tess, how old were you guys when you, like, joined Facebook? Oh just, God. like, when you were born? Like, high school? Yeah. High school. It was, like, just becoming a thing. Yeah. But MySpace before that, so. Yeah. So you guys have spent your entire lives connected to everyone in your circles and everyone you're dating. Yeah. 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 I feel like it's interesting. Do you mind if I, like, intercept? Um, I feel like it's kind of, I have two types of friends, and I can't decide if it's a type A, type B thing, or if it's people who are obsessed with social media and constantly on it, and people who aren't kind of thing. But half of my friends are in that same exact mindset you just mentioned about, like, not fucking around, trying to, like, nail a husband. Yeah. And the other half don't care. Yeah. I feel like there's such a clear divide, and there's really no in-between. And I'm wondering, like, as you were talking about social media, if my friends who are just, like, obsessed and always connected are the ones who are stalking people's, like, engagement Facebook statuses all the time and, like, it's, like, propelling them. Oh, interesting. I don't know. Like, is there some kind of correlation between being obsessed with social media and being a person that's also obsessed with, like all things including yeah. finding husband. I mean I guess we're like all status, obsessed. Yeah. yeah, we're all obsessed with social media, but there are different ways to be obsessed, I guess. Yeah. I feel like I feel not affected by it. Like I know some people my age who are like single, I guess you could say, and I feel like they really like that can send them into a spiral like mm-hmm. seeing other people's engagement photos or other people's and I don't know. I just feel like I've reached this point where I'm so sure that I don't feel in a rush for any of that, that I don't feel affected by it. But certainly I'm sure there are some people that are, they can't, like, see those images without, right. like, going to a certain place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So I know I was kind of making a joke earlier about men being, like, immature babies, but, like, that's not even, like, up for discussion. It's basically a fact. Everyone knows that women are more emotionally immature than men are. But I do feel like that factors into, you know, dating a little bit. Like, really, like, a girl who is 25 and a guy who is 25, I feel like, tend to be in very... Even if you're, like, the most fun, most, like, whatever 25-year-old. I don't know. Amy, you and Rick are the same age. Do you feel like you have to take care of him? Um, hmm. Do I have to take care of him? I mean, no. Yeah, you don't have to, like, remind him to, like, eat dinner and stuff. Hmm. I mean, like, look, he would not eat. He would eat sad things if he wasn't with me. <laughs> like, that's for sure. But I also like to cook. Um, no, I mean, but that's one of the reasons I like him is that he can take care of himself. And I wouldn't have married someone who didn't have their shit together. Yeah. Um, you know, like when you get married and you file a joint tax return, it's super nice that he can just do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he has his act together. But then again, it's like you guys know me and know that I'm kind of type A and and I think I have my act together. Yeah. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be into someone who wasn't. Yeah. Like that's not attractive to me at all. Right. So you found like a you found a good mature yeah. person in your age bracket. Yeah, and I mean, I dated people who weren't, but it's yeah. not like the people I dated who, like, were DJs or something. You know, like, yeah. that's not that's not, like, a long-term thing for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, And yeah, there's yeah. something nice, like, again, like, as I said, like, when you're married, like, things are easier, at least for me they are. There's something nice about, like, the security of it that comes with the ease of it, if that yeah. makes sense. 
So on that note, Amy, what is your best old person advice for <laughs> both Taz, who's about to be married, and Karina, who is playing the field? Like, what do you wish you had known in your 20s about dating? Um, what do I wish I had known? Well, it's so different now, because, like, when I was dating, it, like, I didn't, I didn't ever online date because people didn't do that. You know, like yeah. I, it was more optional. Now I don't think. Now if I was single, I'd probably definitely be doing it. Now it doesn't really seem optional to me. I don't know if you guys agree. Um, like Karina, if like the twelve guys that you and your friends are seeing, like if you meet them IRL or mostly all online, yeah, all online, yeah. yeah. So I don't know that I like can really offer any advice. I mean, I think the one thing I would say is like, don't settle. You know, like, if you have an issue with someone, like, you should be able to tell them and they should, like, feel bad. <laughs> um, no, I totally agree with the don't settling advice. And actually, I feel, I didn't even realize I felt so strongly about this until we were talking about it. But, like, I have a similar version of the same thing, which maybe is, like, don't settle. But just, like, don't feel <laughs> not that you even do. So I'm basically literally just giving this advice to my 20-year-old self. But, like, I don't know. I really felt like when I was, like, had been single for three years when I was 25 I was like I'm gonna end up alone like it's over for me and I just like look back at that and I'm like what like I wish I had just like enjoyed having younger skin and perkier boobs and just like not felt so stressed about feeling like I needed to like settle down yeah or settle in general I mean I don't really have that fear yet yeah but I don't know. Don't ever. I'll try not to. You convinced me. Yeah. Do you guys ever play with your friends, settle or die alone? No. What is that? <laughs> That's really the it's whole a great game. Party game. <laughs> Should we you, play it right now? Yeah. You, <laughs> yeah. You just go around and you say if you would rather settle or die alone. I love that. I feel like we're all like die alone types. No one's a settler, but there's always like usually one at every party who's like, no, I would rather settle. <laughs> It's a really enlightening game. <laughs> um, so on that note, um, slight subject change. <laughs> um, but this has nothing to do with settling or dialing alone. But if you're like me, the shelf space in your bathroom is precious real estate. Um, one thing we always talk about is working at a cool place like Cosmo is you basically have beauty products all the time. Every person who works at Cosmo has like nine extra shelves of beauty products. So... We really know our stuff when it comes to beauty, which is why I'm excited to introduce you to a line of beauty products that is great is as great at multitasking as you are. Kapari Beauty Products moisturize your skin and hair. They smell great without any sulfates, silicones, GMOs, parabens, or other disgusting stuff. Kapari products are made with 100% organic coconut oil, which is something we write about on the site all the time. Coconut oil is basically the magical beauty product of the moment. My favorite product that they make um, is their coconut balm, which is really great for people like me that have super dry skin. Um, they also have a sheer oil, which is light and perfect as a facial moisturizer, like throw it in your gym bag kind of situation. A scrub that buffs you beautiful, a body glow for that sort of shimmery summer vibe, and their original coconut melt product. Kapari searched all around the world for an oil of the highest quality with a great aroma and non-gritty texture that you can apply from head to toe. And as always, I'm going to hook you guys up with a discount code if you want to try it. Go to kaparibeauty.com slash Cosmo. That's K-O-P-A-R-I dot com slash Cosmo for 20% off your order. Again, that's kaparibeauty.com slash Cosmo. 
Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. From the editors of Cosmopolitan.com, this is the Cosmo Happy Hour with Elisa Benson. Moving on from coconut oil to booze. (laughs) So I think one of the biggest shifts, and Amy, you also talked about this in the article we mentioned at the top of the show, but I think one of the biggest shifts from your early 20s to your early 30s is how much you consume alcohol. For one thing, you guys, Tess and Karina, the hangovers get so much worse. Just, like, be ready for that. I've never had a hangover. Oh, my gosh. Never. That's not real. No, I've never had one. Are you serious? Why? I don't drink enough I don't think you don't drink yeah <laughs> drink more girl <laughs> enjoy while you can I know. <laughs> but even like the first time you had a Smirnoff ice and then you were like shit I have to sit down when no. you woke up the next morning you were like this is fine yeah That's I a have a theory that it's like a, an Asian thing though because we get very flushed like the night <laughs> of drinking so I'm like maybe that's the mini hangover and it's just not the next morning I don't know. Okay. I'm not a doctor. You're so <laughs> responsible. Knows? You're so responsible. But certainly now there's also that cliche, although slash it might be true, of in your 30s, you will gladly take a night in with a glass of wine over like the club. Um, Amy, you've written a lot about that. <laughs> <laughs> Can you talk yeah. about how your relationship with booze has changed as, you, as you've gotten older? Yes, I'm thinking. Well, I used to order amaretto sours. Oh my god, that has stopped. <laughs> that was a huge thing in my sorority. That was yeah, like the cool drink. That's to get when I the would formal. drink them. Yeah, but at NYU there was no sorority. You would just go to the club, right? Um, so we would drink those. Uh, I don't know. It's just not like I don't really drink vodka sodas anymore because why would I have that? You know, like that's what you drink when you're at like some club and you you like don't know what else to drink, right? Yeah. Um, I think it becomes less about, like, partying and getting drunk. Yeah. With the exception, perhaps, of weddings. Right. Because <laughs> um, I feel like you go through a phase in your life, typically, where a lot of your social time is just at weddings. And yeah. if you're partying, it's at a wedding. Yeah. Especially if you're married and you have two times as many weddings to go to. Yeah. If you have someone whose friends are getting married, too. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, but it changes. Or, like, you can have a glass of wine or two. It doesn't have to be, like, a half bottle or a whole bottle of wine. Yeah. Is it scary that I just said a whole bottle of wine? Like, people do that. No, well, I was actually going to say, like, one thing that I feel like isn't talked about as much is in some ex- in some ways I feel like I drink more now than I did in my 20s. And I probably, like, don't actually. But, like, so much about – and this is really, like, college. I don't mean when I was, like, a mature – you know last of 28 or whatever but (laughs) you know that idea of when you're younger and you're really like drinking to kind of like get drunk or you're like drinking because you're going out on a Friday night to a party that like starts at 11 p.m. or whatever it is versus like I'm doing so much less of that now but I feel like I'm more inclined on like a random Tuesday to have like a glass of wine yeah for me to be like hey girl let's go across the street and talk about Exactly. Instagram and like, I'll get you a drink. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. I feel you. Exactly. Yeah. It's like more consistent the occasions on which you drink, but it's less occasion drinking. Right. And don't you, Amy, don't you also feel like that was a huge shift that happens in your 30s where I was like referencing the 11 p.m. birthday? Like throughout most of your 20s, I feel like that is like the norm of sort of these like late meetups. And now I'm like, if I get invited to anything that starts after 8 p.m., that's just like a hard no. If I get invited to anything, <laughs> it's just like, no. Um, yeah, no, that totally changes. It's yeah. like I see people going out at night and I'm like, that looks exhausting. Yeah. Like, I'm not interested. Um, 
yeah, like getting dressed and like having special outfits to wear out. Yeah. I don't know. I like don't have like night stuff anymore. Right. I have like wedding stuff and like work stuff. Right. And, and cutoffs. Because if you like go, if you go out on a Friday, it's like you're going out after work. You're like not going home, taking a power nap, changing your clothes, doing your hair, and then yeah, like putting on a smoky yeah. eye, like drinking a Red Bull vodka. Right. <laughs> God, do I sound like the biggest like stick in the mud? Because I don't do anything. No. Um. But it's just true. Yeah. Priorities change. Yeah. I mean, it's also more fun now, like for me to just go out to a bar with a few girlfriends rather than like get all gussied up and like go to a club where there's gonna be like a million people like brushing up against me and like people in Hervé Leger like that's right. not my scene that's not your scene but it used to be yeah well I remember like one of the first moments I felt old I used to live in the financial district neighborhood in Manhattan and like I lived there for five years so basically like through the ends of my 20s and like when I turned 30 and like I remember like feeling like the last few years in that apartment that it was like I was starting to do the thing where I would be going home when the people in my apartment building were like just going out for the night and they're like teetering heels yeah. And I was just like, oh, my God, I'm, like, going in. But, Krina, what about you? What is your crazy nightlife like? I don't know. I definitely, like, engage in that behavior where, like, you get home from work, you wait, like, five hours, and yeah. then you go out again. But I'm not, like, a crazy partier. I think I'm just, like, a late partier, Yeah, that makes any sense. Like, I'll go out at, like, one. Right. And, like, but to be fair, okay, wait, one? That is so late. <laughs> well, it's, like... I mean, ideally, it wouldn't be one, but it's like, I'm like, let's leave at 11, and then, oops, my eyelash didn't go on. Right. I have to throw a tantrum. <laughs> it's 1 a.m. Like, right. we're leaving now. Right. But, but you can do, like, even if you're not being, like, crazy, which, of course, like, I would never paint you that way because you're a responsible, wonderful Cosmo employee, <laughs> but the fact is, like, you have friends that go out at 1 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It's, like, definitely a late <laughs> crowd still. Um, I don't know. I'm always surprised, though, when people... I don't know, like, end the night super early. I'm just like, that's not... You have to wait for that second wave of people who go out, you know? Yeah, yeah. Tess, what about you? When are your friends going out? Um, I feel like I've found a happy medium here where I'm not going out super late, and I have less tolerance for, like, certain behaviors that you were talking about, Amy. Like, I feel like I've reached, like, a fuck-it point where I won't wear heels when I actually go out. Like, I will go out wearing, like exactly what I wore to work and I will still have a good time and stay out semi-late but then I'm like heading home like like I'm never out till one right that does sound exhausting to me but like I will engage in the other behaviors before I go right and I also you know what I'm so over is like when you're actually out you're supposed to meet someone somewhere and then they're gone by the time you get like I am like I don't go anywhere for anyone like I'm going where I'm going to meet who I'm meeting and yeah. then I'm done yeah so it's not like this you mean like if someone's like I'm at wherever come yeah here. Okay. who has the time and the energy right I do. like I'm drunk by the time <laughs> I get there right exactly like I just that's like so interesting and I never really thought about that as being like a young person behavior but I do feel like there's something about like being older or even I mean obviously Amy and I are like millennials in the sense of being attached to our phones all the time but it is true that when I'm meeting up with friends I tend to like have a plan it's not that so much that like I saw your snapchat and you're also downtown and like whatever right oh god is that how it works now people like see each other's snapchats and they're like can I get in well yeah I just like I don't believe for one second that where you're is like where you are is any more fun than where I am we're doing the same thing in different places what perspective but like do you guys ever I go just, out sober? 
Oh yeah, I do. I feel yeah. like you're hesitant. You're nodding. No, with not hesitation. at all. No, okay. Silently nodding on the podcast. <laughs> no, I'm just like I've. I'll just have a few glasses of wine. That's all I need, and I'm very happy for a long time. I am, but that's not sober. I'll stay out. No, sober. I'm saying like when I'm drinking, that's what I'm doing. But no, okay. I'll, I'll be sober. Okay. You guys are responsible. You're not like hot messes like the other people in your age like group. Like me, 10 years right. ago. <laughs> like you 10 years yeah. ago. Um, my roommate and I were going to, I have this like one young friend and we were like going to his like Brooklyn party or something like that. And we were like taking a car there and I was like wearing my like Brooklyn costume, <laughs> which is just like, you can imagine. But um, we were kind of like, it was a half joke, half serious thing. We're in the car on the way there. We were like, what are a list of topics that are like appropriate to talk to 20? somethings about and we're like don't talk about being tired that's so old but it's okay to talk about being burnt out 20 somethings love to talk about being burnt out this is a few months ago now but we're like do not talk about hillary okay to talk about bernie (laughs) (laughs) and definitely talk about snapchat and do not talk about facebook and then we couldn't think of any more young people things to talk about besides bernie and burnout and snapchat (laughs) No, that's it. You got it. Yeah, that's all we talk about. Like Pokemon Go. <laughs> Maybe for a certain crowd. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like everyone's over Pokemon Go, right? Except like my dad, which means it's officially <laughs> over. He's told me the other day he's on like level. Or it's just beginning. Yeah, or it's just beginning. He's when like, old people catch on to things. It's like the beginning of the end. Then they don't go away. That's yeah. what happened at Facebook, right? Yeah. <laughs> like our moms joined. Right. And then it was like, goodbye. Yeah. Um, so do you guys feel like one more question about drinking before we move on to other topics, but like Tess and Karina specifically for you, like, do you guys feel like even though you guys are still in your like mid twenties, do you feel like you've already like have that sort of like eye rolly feeling of the like recent grads? Like, do you notice the girls in the bars who are like 22 and you can tell it's like their first summer in the city kind of thing? Yes. Like, are you already old enough that other people seem like young babies? Mm. <laughs> I don't know. So much so, yes. <laughs> I'm, like, jealous when I see, like, a summer intern. I'm like, ooh. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I feel exactly the opposite. Really? It's so interesting. Why do you feel jealous? Like, I don't know. I always joke to my roommate. I'm like, I want to wake up the day before the SATs and try. Like, I want to, like, <laughs> go back and, like, just <laughs> have hope. Yeah. <laughs> like, go back to, like, my dorm room and, like, I don't know, like, dream. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's just, like, I don't know, like, you blink and then, I don't know, like, a year has passed and I feel like I have, like, 25 different text threads where I'm like, we should get brunch. And then it's like, a year later, we should get brunch. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, I'm jealous of, like, the young, like, lemmings in their heels yeah. in the clubs. <laughs> That's actually kind of a good segue into another thing I wanted to bring up is the whole idea of career. Um, and we've talked a lot about on the podcast before about the idea of feeling like you've really made it in your career. And even though that is kind of impossible, even the most successful people in the world never really feel like I'm a huge success and I'm done. Everyone already sort of feels like it's a work in progress. But um, I think it is kind of interesting to have that conversation about career in your 30s and your 20s um and part of what you were saying Karina about like the hopeful youthness you know I think there's a lot of conversation around 
career and Amy you're a good person to speak to this this sort of pressure of the like because you've been on these lists the sort of like 30 under 30 or the and like the way actually I think Gloria Steinem has talked about how she hates lists like this because they give women the idea that like if you haven't done x y and z things by the time you're a certain age like your career is over what's your perspective on things like that Interesting that she said that. I mean, men are on those lists, too. Sure. Maybe she's thinking about the women ones specifically. Um, I don't know. There's, like, so many of them. There's probably 100 under 100 at this point. Right. Um, I don't know. Like, who cares if you're on a list? And that's not to say that I'm not proud to be on lists and that it wasn't great, like, being For in the sure. Koreans 40 under 40, because it, that was great. I, You know, like, that, like, elevates your career, and it's an accolade that you can cite on your resume or what have you but um also I never got distracted by stuff like that yeah and I never let that make me feel differently about myself yeah I don't know I used to say like I I specifically remember saying this and I must have been like in college or like I was probably like 24 and I thought it was like a cute thing to say when I was young but I remember I used to be like 28 is my like scary age which was like something arbitrary (laughs) that I thought was like cute to say but it was like after you're 28 it's like your age isn't relevant like if you write a novel when you're like 27 it's like 27 year old author but like if you're like 32 that all of a sudden doesn't feel like an important qualifier in your success so I was always like I have to do anything before I'm like 28 yeah sure I mean there's something dazzling about doing things when you're young like if you look at the olympians the final five like they're in their teens and i think about that sometimes and like these girls are in their teens and like yeah. look at what they're doing i used to think like when i was in college or just out of college i was like i'm gonna write a book by the time i'm 25 yeah and i did write a book but it came out when i was 30 yeah but so what yeah. It actually takes, like, fucking your entire life to write a book. Yeah. Actually, so. you were probably, like, about 25 when you started that thing, right? Yeah. It takes forever. Anyway, I don't know. Yeah. Age is kind of arbitrary. Yeah. And there are also so many people who succeed in their 40s or in their 50s. You know what I mean? Yeah. Tess and Karina, what do you guys think about that? This you- is, like, what keeps me up at night. Really? Yeah. Oh, no. Like, 100%. Like, feeling like a huge failure? (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's not that I feel like a huge failure. I feel like I grapple with that idea of, like, I'm not, like, moving fast enough. I'm not accomplishing enough by this age. Like, 25 really shook me. Right. I think it still is shaking me because it's very recent. But, like, just the idea that people I know have done more or making more or going places, wherever those places are, versus, like, also not wanting to get any older yeah but like I can't not get older and then accomplish the things I want to accomplish so and do you think part of that is just like a sort of almost like post-college you know it's still like a few years out of college so there's almost a sense of like measuring against your classmates like where do you think that pressure comes from um I actually think a lot of it comes from working with a really group like motivated group of women <laughs> who are very accomplished and wonderful. <laughs> you oh guys are gosh, making me so anxious. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's partially where I landed and, like, that sounds so negative, but I, like, love my job and I think I would work hard anywhere, but I think I work very hard in this job. But, like, um, 
I think New York has a lot to do with it. Yeah. I think I'd be much happier if I left, but also I don't want to. Right. Um, oh my God, I feel the same exact way. Yeah. But, um, no, I don't know. But, like, of all the things we've touched upon, like, drinking and dating and all of that, that doesn't at all bother me or my age doesn't really factor into it. It's, like, career that drives me, like, up the wall. It's really, really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Karina, what do you think? I don't know. I feel like I definitely do what you were talking about, which is just, like, comparing myself to, like, classmates, like, high school, college, like, that. using that as, like, the metric that I'm measuring myself against and I think like I I feel like in college I was always like ahead of like a lot of my classmates in terms of just like having my shit together like career-wise or something or just like I don't know like I was never like like struggling to find an internship like I would land on my feet with that you know and then I feel like in the past year or so it's like you see people sort of catch up and I have this anxiety and I know it's like shitty because it's like it's not like oh I'm so happy for my classmates it's like fuck like they're like catching up to me like what I've done is no longer impressive it's like I'm I don't have that confidence like that I'm somewhat ahead of my peers that was so well said and that's exactly what I wanted to say right Right. yes well I hadn't like really thought about this until we're talking about it just now but it is a little weird too because it's like in high school and college when you almost have those four year tracks it's like there's the built in hierarchy of being Mm -hmm. the senior of being the leader of being the captain of the cheer squad or the president of student whatever and that's a little different in the real world and that it can feel so endless you know like there in some ways you never reach that point where it's like I'm the one that's ahead you're giving me anxiety. I know. I actually think <laughs> I, I meant to say it at the beginning of this segment. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, well, you know, one thing that I always say, which this is going to make us all feel better, you guys. But um, I, whenever I talk to like groups of interns, or even like since I also work at Seventeen, talking to groups of high schoolers and stuff like that, and like giving them career advice. Um, Because, of course, they all want to work at Cosmo because it's the most fun place ever. But one thing I always say is I was like, I love being an adult so much. It's so fun. You guys are going to love it. And, like, even though, honestly, I loved high school and I also loved college, like, being an adult is the best. And I also feel like being in your 30s is the best. So, which I, even though I know I keep, like, throwing shade at you 20-somethings, I don't really mean (laughs) that. But, like, it is sort of, like, life just, like, keeps getting better. I don't know if that makes you feel any more (laughs) optimistic. I feel like a lot of the anxiety I have with being, like, newly turned 23 is, like, um, I just feel like, and I hate to be, to bring up, like, the term adulting, but I feel like I'm bad at it. Like, I feel like I'm a baby adult. Like, I'm failing at, like, the very basic standard things that, like, like opening yeah. your mail. Yeah. yeah, I never do it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't do that either. Yeah, like it's triggering. <laughs> like I need like thirty seconds to come down from you bringing that up. <laughs> right. But um, I dated this guy who used to call it the pile of denial. It's like the pile you have at your like desk that's right by your entryway of all your envelopes that you just yeah, don't yeah. open. Yeah, that's real. Yeah. But, but don't you also, Karina? Like you must know that it's like even the most responsible people in the world, like Amy O'Dell. I mean, there's probably things, right. (laughs) There's probably things you do that are like, the secret is everyone is a terrible adult, right? Um, I definitely have a pile of denial. 
I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Like, what, though? But I just, I don't know. Like, does anybody, like, I feel like even if we called our parents right now, they'd be like, oh, I'm still figuring it out. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I don't know that anyone is ever like, I've successfully become a good adult. Yeah, I don't think that's true. Yeah, because even when you cross off major milestones, I feel like there's always another. Yeah, there's always something like, why do I have this couch that's, like, terrible that I hate? Right. That's kind of a trivial example, but you know what I mean. Yeah. One of the most luxurious adult things I ever did in my life, and then I would like to know if you guys have any. One time, my roommate and I, like, bought this bottle of wine, and we tasted it, and then we just threw the whole thing away. Which, to be fair, it probably only cost, like, $11. Because it went bad? Well, it wasn't even... I've done that multiple times. Yeah, it wasn't even that it was bad. We were just like, this is not good wine. Like, we we bought this kind, you know, blindly, as Mm -hmm. all people buy wine. We're just like, this is not good. And we were like, we are too old to, like, life's too short to drink wine that is, like, mediocre. I think that's the difference between one's 20s and 30s. Yeah. All the wine I drank in my 20s tasted terrible. Right, but we probably didn't really know it. Right, exactly. Yeah, and I, I do drank not have the palate for that. Right. No. Someday you will wake up. That's Someday you'll wake up with better. a palate. Yeah. Will I? <laughs> when you're in your 30s, you'll be like, I am throwing this away. I'm just kidding. Like, I don't want to make it sound like I throw away wine all the time. Because, like, come on, I like drinking it way too much to do that. <laughs> but there is a luxury in that. Do you guys ever have, Amy, have you had any moments in your 30s like that where you're just like, I'm not putting up with this anymore? All the time. All the time. All the time. And my husband will tell you. Like, whenever, if we get to a hotel and I don't like the room, I'm like, I need a different room. Like, why didn't I get an Ocean View room? We're getting an Ocean View room. Yeah. And, and these are, like, the luxuries that come, as you said, with being an adult. Yeah. And, you know, like, as you advance in your career and, like, you can afford the Ocean View room and, like, it's even a choice for you. Like, that stuff is nice. Um, um, I remember you saying to me once when you were going on vacation with Rick and it was, like, asking you how it was or something. And you were like, our flights were the good times. Like, we planned the flights that were, like, at the best times instead of, like, taking the 6 a.m. flight because yeah. it was, like, the cheapest. Yeah. But, like, that's what you do when you're young and it doesn't matter. And then you right. get to a point where you're, like, I'm not going to struggle anymore. Right. I feel like the older you get, the less you have to struggle. Right. Is that kind of what you mean by, like, yeah. being an adult is great? Yeah. It, see, is this making you guys excited? A little bit. <laughs> You're like, cool. I don't but know they have the energy to struggle. And we're like old and tired and we don't have the energy to, to try for anything. Guys, I'm so tired all the time. <laughs> I'm tired now. I'll you probably tired need tomorrow. a nap like, before we finish. <laughs> the VMAs were on last night. It's so hard. It's so hard. <laughs> I know. We were up till, I was up till like 12, 15. And I could not. I was so wired. This morning. I, like, and I didn't even drink anything sleep. last yeah. night. Yeah. Were you thinking about, like, why Justin Bieber wasn't there? No, I knew why he wasn't there. Oh, why wasn't he there? Well, he was in Mexico with Sophia Ritchie. Oh, that's right. Duh. I actually think I knew that. <laughs> Tess, I like how you're like, of course I knew why he wasn't there. <laughs> um, Tess recently saw Bieber in at Madison Square Garden, right? It was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> Highlight of your 20s. <laughs> Highlight of, yeah. Even actually, though he yeah. looks now like an, a dad... Some people are who into wears that. like glasses and like dad blouses and like jeans, like he's painting the deck. I mean, to each her own, you know. <laughs> Don't you think he looks like a dad who's about to paint a deck? <laughs> he totally does. <laughs> I would have never thought of it oh, in that yeah. colorful language. I won't be right. beaver shamed. It's fine. <laughs> no, I appreciate your love of him. I just, I, I can't I see where you're coming. I can't from. understand I really some of the pictures I see in the Daily Mail of him. I get it. I do. And I think what annoys me about it is that if you were a Sophia Richie, like, you don't have the option of looking like a mom who's about to weed the garden. 
you know you're not wrong because then it's like Sophia Richie looks rough and you know like stained she leaves club like a clearly mustache in LA (laughs) yeah that's for sure um, well, Tess, I know you're joking about being Bieber shame, but before we have to wrap up, I know one thing that has happened since you've been at Cosmo for so long is that we often shame you for like the old people <laughs> things that you don't know about. Yes. Would how many things over the course of your what two years at Cosmo? Um, just even during this conversation, like I was <laughs> thinking about things that I have been shamed for, like the vodka soda for one. Like I mentioned in chat one time, totally unaware that it was going to become a thing that. I enjoyed vodka sodas, and that was my go-to drink, and was promptly torn apart. (laughs) Um, Just so many things. Like, it's not my fault I was born in 91. Right. Why are you going to hold that against me? I'm trying to think of what other things there have been. Just Oh, Pete and Pete on Nickelodeon. You didn't know what that was. I never even heard of that. Right. I don't remember talking about that. I'm trying to think of other things. Ace of Beast. Do you know that? I got in trouble because I didn't know that either. Like, yeah. it sounded familiar. Yeah. Karina, do you know Pete and Pete? No. I do you don't. know Ace of Base? <laughs> nope. I've been strategically quiet during this. <laughs> <laughs> that was my mistake. I opened my mouth the first time and it just yeah, like, was all Yeah, like, that became your personal brand at work. I actually wrote an article. It was like 10 things. No, ways to know you're being millennial shamed. We should we promote that? We should. <laughs> we should. You're like, that needs to be in the world. I think it's pretty solid, yeah. <laughs> um, well, well you can shame me for thinking that people still said turned. <laughs> <laughs> Always have that. So I feel like in conclusion, Tess, Karina, what is one thing that you are most looking forward to and most anxious about about being in your 30s? What excites you the most? What scares you about leaving your 20s? What excites me and scares me the most is, like, career stuff. Yeah. Like, where am I going to be when I'm in my 30s? Like, where am I going to land? Like, are, is, like, all the anxiety, like, is it just the way I am? Or right. is it just, like, is it going to pay off? Or, you know, just where I'm going to land when right. I'm in my 30s? I'm actually just thinking now as you're talking that Snapchat Discover literally didn't even exist when I was your age. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> there's that. Um, Tess, what about you? Yeah, I would say the same. Um, yeah, I think I just have this inherent fear that everything I could possibly do in my career and my future has been done before. So it's kind of like, what is there left to do that I could possibly make a difference or leave an impression on? But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to, like, get married and do all those things and, like, to travel more night. Like, that's very exciting. But Take um, the good flights. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um... But no, just what Karina said, basically. Um, Tess, we were just talking about this as we walked over here, but I am impressed by the things you do every day. And <laughs> Tess, like, actually, both of you guys started at Cosmo when you were just, Tess, when you had just graduated, like, one second before. And Karina, you interned at Cosmo. So, like, Amy and I have really seen you guys grow from, like, little, tiny, like, <laughs> baby 20-something-year-olds. <laughs> Too mature and competent. 23-year-olds. Yeah, 23-year-olds, exactly. And Amy, what is your favorite thing about being in your 30s? In conclusion. That's such a good question. Um, Honestly, probably, like, the good flights. Yeah. Like, the vacations. Yeah. I mean, it's true. It's like, money is better. 
like having yeah like having worked my way up enough so that I can take like a nice vacation with my husband or yeah like even just going to see my mom on the weekends like being able to jump on a train yeah and go to see her um also like on a more serious note I guess I would say like you kind of realize what actually matters in your life and what doesn't yeah the older you get yeah I would say that was what I was gonna say for like personally in conclusion it's just like I feel so much more comfortable in myself like I feel and I don't know I feel like I've always had like an abnormally high level of (laughs) self-confidence but like I don't know there's still a feeling I feel like when I was like figuring myself out in my 20s a feeling like a certain shyness about things I thought were cool that weren't like mainstream or whatever which I can't even think of any examples because generally everything I like is mainstream but maybe that's one (laughs) like oh is it embarrassing to be like I only exclusively listen to top 40 music now I just like have no shame about that (laughs) etc etc so I definitely think there's a confidence in kind of knowing yourself a little bit better but yeah and all those things you used to worry about like you just don't care anymore doesn't matter exactly like if you weren't invited to some meeting like who cares right right I don't know right that sounds great. <laughs> I want like, this security you speak of. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's so great. Yeah. You're going to love it. Life gets Can't even wait. better just around the corner. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And um, Or I didn't mean to say tuning in. I meant to say thank you guys for coming in. What am I talking about? See, I need a nap. <laughs> I'm so tired. But I would love if you guys could shout out your Twitter handles so that people can um, stalk you on the internet, as young people do. Uh, mine is my name at C-A-R-I-N-A. H-S-I-E-H, Karina Shea. Mine was made a very long time ago, but it's <laughs> at Tessie, T-E-S-S-I-E, underscore the underscore mess. I don't want to talk <laughs> about it anymore. <laughs> Maybe when you turn 30, you can change it. <laughs> no, it's hard to accept it. Yeah, 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 it's, it's just, just make it Tessie underscore the underscore. Tessie the, <laughs> I love that. I like it too. Fill in the blank. <laughs> And Amy, where can people find you? Um, on Twitter, it's Amy O'Dell at A-M-Y-O-D-E-L-L. And on Instagram, it's Instamy O'Dell, I-N-S-T-A-M-Y-O-D-E-L-L. And on Facebook, facebook.com slash Amy O'Dell Books. And as always, I am at Elisa Benson everywhere. Tweet me if you guys have a topic you want us to talk about in some future episode of the podcast. I always love hearing from you. I don't know why I can't say <laughs> any of my words correctly today. Uh, I'm so tired. But as always, thank you all so much for listening. Please rate the podcast and share it and um, love it and tell all your friends about it and tune in next week. See you guys then. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law.